All right, everybody. Welcome back to Ghost Stories Told from the South. This is your co-host, Lexi. Um, unfortunately, the host will not be here right now. Um, the host, my dad, had to go do some errands, so he won't be here. Um, he's with the kids, and he couldn't get like five minutes away, so it's okay. Um, so I said, hey, I come in podcast. It's fine. I understand. Um, so... And I have to get up early for work tomorrow, so I'm doing, like, a short, like, 15, 20-minute thing, and then I'm going. So, um, yeah. Alright, sorry about that, guys. I am back. Um, I could hear my phone ringing in the background. I thought I had it on silent, and I didn't, so I had to go and fix that. Um, as I just said, my dad's not here. He's on his way, actually, but like I said, I have to go to work early, so... I'm going to do my little stuff, and then he's going to come in behind me and do his stuff, and we're going to put it on uh, our pathingy. Our pathingy? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, as you guys know, if you've been following us, I have been going, like, off of, I want to say, not so much, like, haunted places or people or things. Well, I can't say things. I've been going towards, like, um more deeper stuff. Like, my last episode was about Ouija boards, the origin uh, some of the facts, the stories, what happens, the rules, stuff like that, so, and then this, I almost said this year, this episode, I'm going to be just doing, like, some random haunted, um, objects or, like, things that intrigued me, so, yeah, and I have, I think, six, I could be wrong, because I'm just kind of guessing, because I know how many I have highlighted, um, but, yeah, so, well, you're gonna be here for a minute, Alright, so, this first one is going to be about, um, the Talman bed, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. the Talman bunk beds, um, and I have pictures pulled up, because we got the two monitor thing, uh, alright, I'm sorry about that, I just realized <laughs> that we can't go, like, to the other computer and like for pictures why we're trying to record this on a different monitor so that's nice okay but I at least got the first picture pulled up um you can look at it if you want to I, I mean the picture's like not old old but it's oldish it's from the 1980s <laughs> I'm not gonna say that's old old because <laughs> I wish I was born in that time like I, everything about the 1980s and like the 90s I just I love so, I don't want to call it old. But anyway, this is the <laughs> the Talman bunk beds. And, yeah. So, um, in the 1980s, Alan and Debbie Talman bought a bunk bed for their two kids at a secondhand shop. From the first night that they brought it home, it was very clear that something was wrong with the bed. Um, first, one of the, her sons, or their sons, who had rarely even gotten a cold, like, was sick instantly um the radio on the nightstand it didn't say like which one like he was nightstand but a clock on one of the nightstands began like turning on and off on its own i said clock i meant radio i'm sorry uh the youngest daughter claimed to see a witch standing over her in the bottom bunk Doors moved, lights turned on and off, and this is only a taste of the strange happenings 
and I quoted that off the article. I just wanted to say that. I didn't want you guys thinking that, like, I went genius on y'all because I just say what comes to mind. Um, soon the family began hearing voices throughout the house. This carried on for nine months before they had enough, you know, before they were like, that's it, we're leaving. When the first sign happens, you know, that's, that's normally whenever we're like, bye, but no, they just waited. Um, how many months again? remember where I was okay I'm good now sorry I'm a little bit of blonde so like I don't yeah anyway oh nine months that's what it was because when I saw nine months I thought about like, pregnancy so <laughs> um the Talmans had bought the bunk beds uh they got the bunk beds destroyed them and the haunting stopped apparently and the article goes apparently it was that easy so yeah <laughs> But the picture, like, because it's from the 1980s, so, like, it's not quality like it is now. And it looks, like, old, not old, but, like, vintage. That's a fancy way of saying old. Anyway, just look at it, and you know what I mean? And, like, you can tell. And, like, just ugh, looking at it, I would not want to sleep on it. Or be around it. But, Yeah. So that was the Talman bunk beds, and I'm sorry that, like, this is the best. I've never done this by myself, and I was really shy at first, but then I realized, hey, I'm just, like, talking to myself, which I do a lot because I live alone, so you kind of got to get used to what you got. Anyway, <laughs> so that's what I'm kind of doing. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to click over to the next picture, and I will be right Right, blah, 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 right back with y'all. Hang tight, y'all. All right, I'm back. So, the next place that we are going to talk about is the Myrtle Myrtle's Plantation Mirror. All right, so I think we've talked about Myrtle's Plantation, like the ghost energy and like kind of what happened there before, but I'm not positive, but I think we have. Um... And I, if we, I believe we did, so I don't remember anything about a mirror. And I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. So, um, so they say that mirrors have a long reputation, you know, like connecting worlds of the living and the dead because mirrors, uh, um, then they, the article goes like the one sitting in the, this plantation is no different. I'm trying not to quote them, but, like, I want you guys to, like, kind of see what I'm reading, if that makes sense. Um, this mirror is over 200 years old and has been in a lot of stories of paranormal activity, um, during the time at the plantation. So, I'm pretty sure it's haunted. Um, according to popular legend, one of the plantation slaves named Chloe, um, Blaked and blaked, baked, um, and uh, um, this is a typo, so I'm not really sure what this says, but she laced basically, she uh, baked a, a lace cake, you know, and it poisoned three members of the Woodruff family. Um, owners of the Myrtles at the time that I'm sorry, I'm not having it today. I was trying to say that the Woodruff family was the Myrtles at the time. 
just can't talk, guys. Um, supposedly, Chloe was a, you know, young slave girl, had been favored by one of the, you know, the master of this place, and was given easier task because, like, he was like, I choose you. Um, and then she was afraid that the master would become bored and put her back in the fields. She devised a plan to make his wife and two daughters ill and then heal them back to health. But, you know, her plan didn't work because she's, uh, she was blinded. So, um, and then Chloe was murdered by the other slaves on the plantation, you know, after the Woodruff woman died from the poison, um, you know, and then their spirits are, like, trapped It's in the mirror to this day. So, and then, like, in the pictures, it, you can, like, see some figures and shadows and stuff, and it's, it's, it's creepy. I would want to go, but, like, if I see anything, I'm gonna probably poop myself, so. But, alright, I'm gonna click over, and I'll be right back. Alright, guys, I'm back. Sorry, my dad got home, and I had to talk to him for a second. Um, <laughs> so he got here, and he was like, hey, let me join, in. and I was like, nah, I want to do this by myself. Also, if you hear any yelling or screaming, so they're home now, um, and the kids don't listen to him, they're really mean to him, so, like, it's always a fight. <laughs> um, so if you hear that, that's what that is, but I'll only be here for, like, ten minutes, and then we're switching, and they should be fine. Um, anyway, so, yeah. But now, we more, we, I can't talk, guys, and I'm so sorry, it's been a long day for me, it's been like a Monday, anyway, so this is going to be our third story, um, and this is about the killing chair of Thomas Buzzboy, Buzzboy, wow, Lexi, I just butchered this name, I meant to say, the killing chair of Thomas Buzzby, Buzzby. All right, I'm so sorry. That was so rude. Anyway, um, in um, June of 1702, two men were killed. One was bludgeoned to death, and the other was tarred, feathered, and hanged. The latter killed the former after they argued about the killer's wife, who was also the victim's father. And then after killing his father-in-law, Thomas Busby returned to his favorite chair at a quiet country inn nearby. Um, eventually, authorities tracked, you know, Busby down to the chair, and he refused to leave. Um, so eventually, you know, Busby was, you know, tried for the crime. He was found guilty and hanged at a nearby crossroad. Before he died, Busby cursed the chair to anyone who sits in his beloved seat will surely meet death. Some say the chair has claimed the lives of some 63 people who, after taking a seat, had untimely deaths. Others say it's simply a matter of coincidence. Coincidence, but I say coincidence. So, um, yeah. I'm, that was a lot of, like, I cannot talk in that story, and I don't know why. But, yeah, basically, it's just this chair that this dude loved. But he was a murderer, and, well, he killed, I don't know if that makes him a murderer, but, because he didn't do it a lot, but, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the terms, um, he killed people, and this was his favorite chair, and he just, <laughs> just cursed it, and he was like, yeah, so, um, and I'm gonna warn you, 
the next story i think you guys have heard it but um yeah all right let's move on all right so i believe me and dad have talked about this or i have at least um this is robert the doll or robert the haunted figurine but i i don't know and i this was like last minute because i couldn't do any research through the week or like i didn't have time so i apologize but i still wanted to do it because i really find like dolls and i hate dolls but like i really find like them intriguing like in the paranormal but i hate them i don't like oh no but okay anyway so this is once again the story about robert the haunted figurine okay so legend says that robert possesses 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 supernatural abilities allowing him to move change his facial expressions and make giggling noises the stories of robert's haunted origins vary some say it's his original power its original power um auto was given I gotta restart that whole sentence because I was just reading it so fast. Some say its original owner, Otto, like the, his name was Otto, was given the doll by a young girl after he harmed her in some way. The doll, which uh, she sh- somehow charmed or cursed, has been plaguing the family over, you know, forever. Um, other versions of the story say that years of neglected treatment of poor Robert made room for his spirit to take ownership, and local folklore says Robert has cur- caused car accidents, broken bones, job loss, divorce, um, and among, like, so many unfortunate events. Oh, uh, you know, and then he's also been in the horror film Curse of Robert the Doll, which was released in 2006. Um, he's also been both on the Lore Podcast and the Lore Podcast and original series. Forgot that that was on there. Um, yeah, I don't remember what I put whenever we first did this, and if we did it. But um, I so I had like never looked at a picture of Robert the Doll or Robert the Haunted Figurine. Um, I don't like it. And, like, it doesn't creep me out how, like, normal dolls creep me out. And then, like, because all these are side pictures. But then, like, you look in his eyes and it's, like, no, I don't like it. So, but that's me. There's some people out there that love dolls and, like, love them, collecting them and stuff. If I had dolls in my house, I'd I'd burn it down. (laughs) But I I will happily look at them online um, and then click out when I get scared. (laughs) So... All right, I'm going to click. I'm going to click over and get the next picture up for y'all. All right, I'm back. Okay, so this um, this is the fifth story. Um, so this is Valentino's cursed ring. Um. I pulled up pictures. It's it's legit a ring. Um, it's like I want to say burnt orange, but like wooden color. Um, yeah. Y- just I would look at it because my difference of colors 
it's probably different than your difference of colors because everyone has like their own spectrum if you know what I mean if you don't then it's okay because I don't know what I mean half the time either but okay anyway um, this is Valentino's cursed ring so this ring comes with a long series of misfortunes in 1920 movie star uh, Rudolph Valentino bought a plain silver ring embedded with semi-precious stones from a jewelry store in San Francisco. He immediately fell in love with the ring and ignored the store owner's warnings um, that, you know, the store owner said that it was haunted and he was trying to warn Valentino. Valen Valentino... I can't Valentino wore the ring while filming a movie that was a complete failure... That's fantastic. After putting away the ring for many years, Valentino took it out for what would be his final movie, and then he died short. <laughs> so he took it out for like the next. Uh, sorry, I was reading that like as like I was supposed to like be like, dun dun dun, you know. But I didn't. I read it as, this is what happened. Um, so no, he went to like be like, okay, new movie, new me, and then pop on this ring just like we used to do and. I'm dead. So, like, literally, um, he died after he filmed that movie shortly after. Still wearing the ring. How nice, isn't it? All right. It was um, then passed along to Polo Negri. Negri? I hope I'm saying that right because I don't want it to sound like the other word that I'm not trying to say. Um, while it's in... She was one of Valentino's former lovers who suffered a severe illness but recovered. However, um, her career after the illness was over, she passed the ring on to her younger to younger singer Russ Colombo, who died in a shooting accident. I'm not laughing at that, but just like, I'll get to the end in a minute. Um, then Colombo's friend Joe Casino wore the ring and died in a car accident one week later. James Willis attempted to steal the ring, but was caught by police and shot. Um, like, it doesn't, it stops, but, like, it says that the list goes on and on and on. And then it goes, um, at least three more people who own the ring died while it was in their possession. This is one unlucky piece of property, and you don't want to get caught wearing it. So, basically, you wear this ring. I'm so sorry because I paused. I know you guys heard that. I forget that I'm not home right now. I mean, not home alone right now. I thought that was a ghost and it scared me. Anyway. Um, uh, it's, yeah, basically, like, if you wear the ring, you're going to die. Or, like, have it in your possession. So, don't have it in your possession. And I thought that was interesting. Um... So, yeah. Let's go to the picture and I'll be back. And I'm back. It doesn't take me very long. I literally have to, like, click over and then press record again. So, I know it's, like, a lot of breaks and I apologize. But one more story after this and we're done, guys. All right. So, this is about the uh, extinguished man. And this is a painting. So, I'm not going. It's not going to be a long story. I'm sorry. But, oh, I lied. I have, no, I didn't lie. I'm sorry. I got, I was counting the one I had as two stories, but anyway. Okay, this is The Extinguished Man, 
Um, this is the world's most haunted painting. Um, the artist who created this work of art was a deeply disturbed individual. He mixed his blood with... <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of forgot what all I wrote about. Because, like, when I do my research, I kind of forget. And, like, when I reread it for the show, I, like, surprise myself. Um, so, this artist created his work um, by mixing blood with oil paints to create the piece um, before committing suicide. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. I never, I, I forgot about that. Like, I totally forgot. Wow. I was not expecting that. Okay. Cool. That's nice. Um, let's talk about the picture real quick. It's, yeah, like, I, it's, mm, you look at it and it gives you some vibes. <laughs> you gotta look at it. Y'all, you gotta look at it. Just type in the extinguished man and go to images. Oh, that's... I don't like that feeling. Give me a second. Alright, guys. I'm back and I'm ready to talk about something again. Alright, so... My second to last story is going to be about the Hope Diamond. Um, this is located in Washington, D.C. And this diamond is 45 carats. That's the weight. Um... It's violet, and it's haunted, apparently. So, this is apparently one of the most famous diamonds in the world. Um, and then, like, the article's like, so maybe that that's not so surprising? <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It's how you look at it. Um, some people, you know, are, like, superstitious or, and are, like, the accidents happened for a reason, you know, or like, whatever, um, in the earliest form, the diamond, um, was said to be stolen from a statue, the thief was subjected to an extremely unfortunate death, um, and it just kicked off, like, the, string of people whoever uh owned it or touched it over the years just had terrible fates <laughs> um i don't know this guy's first name so i'm gonna say colet um he died by suicide princess de lamba i hope that's how you say that was killed in a massacre in the french revolution and merchant Jean La Tevery, I don't know, was um, mauled by wild dogs. Wow, okay. Uh, okay. Um, and then it was donated um, to where it is now in 1958. So, I mean, I guess that helps. But, like, at the same time, that's a lot. Like, you can't what's your first thing you're gonna do whenever you see something pretty or like me when i see a rock oh that's a rock i must touch like i want to touch this thing but then i'm like oh wait like so you can't because you're going to die so if you ever see this rock this rock this hope diamond don't touch it y'all right let me switch over for the last story
All right. All right, all right, all right. I'm back. So, this is the last and final story, and then I'll catch up with y'all. So, this is going to be about the uh, Dark Mirror. All right. This is in the Traveling Museum of Paranormal and Occult. Okay, so... Um, the museum got this dark mirror from the original owner who purchased it while attending a f- psychic fair in the Columbus area. The same owner said that they were struck with very upsetting visions, like when glazing into the mirror's reflection. According to the museum, visitors also claim to have reported uncomfortable sightings, such as their own corpses, um, when glazing into the reflective glass. So, when I read about, when I read the title, The Dark Mirror, I was like, you mean, like, it's not clean? Like, that's look legit, I thought, because it didn't say black. It didn't say, like, you have to be specific with me, and my mind works so different. But, I looked it up, and it's literally a frame, or the mirror frame, and then just pitch black. But, like, it's a mirror, so you can still see your reflection. So, I mean... Would you want a black mirror? I don't know. Like, it's cursed, so probably not a good idea. But whatever you got to do, boo. (laughs) All right, y'all. So, I've said y'all so many times today. But anyway, so I know I suck. But that was um, it for me. I'm going to go switch my laundry, talk with my dad for a second, and go home because I gotta go to work early tomorrow and yeah so I have some stuff coming up and um you guys should check it out um and I know that like I really haven't like been like probably the best co-host or whatever and I feel bad because like you guys are still downloading the shit out of stuff like so so much and I appreciate it so much but like I'm just going through a lot, and I don't have time all the time to podcast. Like, I started a new job about almost two months ago, and it's a 9 to 5, or 9 to 6, but I have to work a lot of overtime, so, like, I'm almost never home, and then when I do get home, I still have to, you know, be an adult and stuff. So, I don't have a lot of free time, and then if I can free, like, I attempt to do this when I can. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, and then there's other stuff. But we're not going to get into that because I don't do this with you guys. Um, we're not on that level. I mean, we can be, but Lexi's not ready for that yet. <laughs> I think I'd cry. Um, anyway, so this um, has been Ghost Stories Told from the South with just the co-host, Lexi. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I know that it was weird without my dad here, but, like, I need, it was really fun doing it by myself, like, I actually liked it, and I hope you guys liked it, I know that it was awkward, and there was a lot of pauses, and I was being silly, and, like, there wasn't, like, no input after I laughed or something, but, like, it was really fun, um, and I know that, like, some points I didn't make sense, but, like, you guys know me, you guys, (laughs) if you guys have been listening, you guys know, so, but all right, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Um, you are gorgeous. You are smart. You are important. Do your daily affirmations. Do your 
mile, do your workouts, do your meal prep, whatever you got to do. Live your life, boo. Um, love y'all. Bye. Well, well. Hello, my fine, fine, scary friends. This is your host with the most. Yeah. Man of the hour. The scary. Stephen Booth. Stephen Le Booth. That's, that's me. Here to tell you some scary, scary stories from Transylvania. I'm just joshing you. It's old Stephen, guys. How's everybody doing? Yeah, Lexi came and cut hers because uh, I had a basic, uh, I had uh, base, baseball practice with Jackson, so I had to go take him there. And Lexi, we just went ahead and did hers first, and I'm going to wrap it up. So hope you enjoyed her show. I hope it was good. <coughs> I'm kind of proud of her. She had to come do this, and she did it so she could go to bed early. She's got to be in work early tomorrow. But, yep, yep, yep. It's going to be a fun time. I got some good old scary stories from Spain. So if I butcher the um, spelling again today, I will apologize. But there's a lot of, lot of uh, pretty sweet words in Spain, I'll tell ya. <laughs> but I hope everybody's been doing good. But I guess let's get on with the uh, stories. Um, like I said, I'm going over uh, Spain. My first story is going to be the Carrera. Or the Carrera de la Floridelaria in Barcelona. This uh, is a this medieval castle was built in the 11th century. The most spectacular fortress is a luxury hotel at a at present time. That means now. So that's what it was built for. Was a uh, Huge ass castle, and now it's a uh, hotel, which would be pretty cool, you know. That way, people can enjoy the uh, history of your culture or wherever you're from. You know that that'd be pretty cool. But I bet you it's freaking spooky. Uh, people and tourists who stay here enjoy a royal a royal luxury as well as the beauty of the surrounding nature. But the but the room number 712 in this hotel has a haunting reputation. Though no one had seen any ghost guest who stayed in the room had reported furniture move furniture being oh furniture being gathered in the middle of the room during a uh at night, during at night, and it's a mystery. Everybody who stays in that room, they don't hear any ghost or anything. <coughs> um, but they always wake up, and the furniture's like at the center of the room. It's pretty creepy. But yeah, people have had experiences there. Your uh, normal stuff, except for like seeing ghosts. They really haven't seen a whole lot of ghosts, but they get more activity with furniture moving, voices. Stuff like that. So, hey, if you're ever in Barcelona and you uh, got the uh, money, go stay at this place. Pretty classy, pretty freaking classy. Classy, classy. All right, let's get my time down. 
and okay now I'm gonna go with the another uh, career place career Joseph Torres is uh, career Joseph Torres in Barcelona Augusta Antizares was an industrialist who in 1892 was facing serious financial problem problems and it and it is now considered to be one of the most haunted places in Spain nevertheless he wanted to finish the building a build it, he wanted to finish building a fine house for himself and and uh, Garcia he d he decided to make a deal with the devil, selling his soul in exchange for uh, fortune. He ended up winning the lottery and conquestedly uh, decorated the uh, the uh, vacant uh, uh, the uh, bleh, sorry. I am so tongue tied. He ended up winning the lottery and. Uh, decorated the house with nice furniture and finished the house up with the with that he put like expensive uh gargoyles on the front expensive paintings out front but um yeah it's really haunted too you'll see apparitions uh and it's i think it's one of their top restaurants they say too so yeah if you're ever there go there it's a pretty haunted day um Hmm. I didn't know that's either, but he decorated it too with uh, uh, demon heads and stuff. I'm sorry, they were demon heads. They weren't gargoyles, they were demon heads. What the fuck? Wow. Huh. Well, I guess that was his way of repaying his uh, debt to the devil. But yeah, go check this place out. It's apparently pretty pretty damn spooky. People have been touched, hear voices, um... They say the ghost of the man that built it is there haunting the place. So, yeah, go check that bad boy out. Now, this next one I'm fixing to do, this place is huge. Huge, I tell you. Huge. Um, it is called... Ah, let me get my... Ah, there we go. 3429G. Okay, this is a big place. You should look it up and you'll know why. It sits right on top of a fucking mountain and overlooks everything. It looks like it used to be a big old fortress, but we'll get into that. But its place is beautiful. You ought to check it out. I'll tell you the name here in a bit. Looming proudly on top of the selection of Spanish hills and mountains are some of the country's finest hotels. The spookiest is Pardora's Hotel. It was founded in 1928 by King Alfizano X, I think it looks like. <coughs> In his bid to make Spain more attractive to tourists and more uh, magnificent and 
conservative of some of the Spain's oldest and most mag- magnificent historic buildings into luxury hotels. Oh, so that's what Spain started doing. That's why. I was wondering why there's two hotels, and I thought it might have been the same thing, but it's not. So apparently Spain's going around and um, turning these old castles and stuff like these in the hotels, so that, which was pretty cool doing that back then. I mean, still probably draws a big revenue to Spain. That's a smart idea. Pretty cool, man. Oh, where was I? Yet taking a vacation at one of these hotels isn't always just a tale of of a mystery and suspense. Deep within the Peridoras, weather-beaten walls are stories of tragic deaths and pilgrims, monks, uh, dukes, kings who were inhabited, who inhabited them. The Alabama is perhaps the most magnificent of the uh, Spanish hotels. That's not the one I wanted to know about. Well, I effed that up. I think I screwed up again. Yeah, it's uh, okay. It's still, still the same one. Okay, where was uh It's one of the most magnificent Spanish historic buildings. Uh, once a uh, Moorish, pa- a, a Moorish palace. It is. It is here that the. There, I gotta do this so I can see my paper. It was here that the famous writer Washington Irving was once uh, being the Herman Squatter recorded the history of these uh, sweeping buildings and gardens. Pursuits high on the hilltops overlooking once Islamic Gardea in the southern Spanish region of Antaluza. It is there that the uh, Moorish uh, Southerns discovered another another one st- discovered an affair between the favorite concubine and one of his uh, conquistadors. Oh. the lovers were per- were part were pardoned in the counter. And the counters were executed. Some some of the guests at the parter have been sworn that they hear the ghost of love-struckling couple still roaming the palace and grounds on in still moonlight on on still moon moonlit nights. So still on moonlit nights, you can see where uh, these two people are. Their ghosts to still be running off, having an affair, having their little affair thing, which is. Man, I would just suck to be a ghost because you're stuck on repeat. You're stuck on this one loop, you know. Kind of like these p- two people. They were so in love and life and then life or lust. I mean, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but that's another podcast. This is ghost stories, guys. Okay. Okay, get back to... Where was I? Okay. 
See, I always hate when I lift my head up. I lose my place. Okay. Anyways, her ghost is said to still inhabit the tower. Some, oh, that ain't the one. Son of a biscuit. Okay, here we go. The forbidden love is a powerful theme in the ghost stories of the Padre. I cannot talk for fucking shit tonight. Parado, parado, never mind. Pardeos. Pardeos. Perhaps the most well known is the daughter of the 11th century Vixent. Although promised to promised a noble man, she fell in love with a uh, uh, lowly governor. A lonely governor who was also a a more a double sin. So he was a lowly governor and he was a more. That was a double sin. Mm. Her father locked her in one of the castle towers <coughs> in in uh, which is now the Pardon de Cardol Tower, promising uh to release her when she conceded to uh Quit seeing the guy, basically. A woman of her conventions, she refused and lived a long and lonely life locked away from her lover in the world. Her ghost is said to still inhabit the tower. Some 900 years after she died there, her desperately sad persis... Desperately sad persists is often felt in the room in 712. A desperately sad presence is felt often in the room. See, it's that same room, man. That's crazy. Sorry if I'm butchering that shit up tonight. I can't breathe out of my nose, and I gotta breathe out of my mouth. I know that sounds stupid, and you're like, what a jackass. Kind of hard to do it and talk with the stuff he knows sometimes. Okay. I think that's it on that. It's just talking about pictures and some of the records they have <coughs> about, you know, people taking pictures and women's a woman's face shows up on the walls. And like I said, that room 712, it's a... Uh, it's a, a creepy little booger. Go check her out. Okay. How's everybody's week been going? Everybody been doing great? I hope you're telling... This right here is perfect weather to go exploring in the woods and find what you see. Go check out abandoned buildings and stuff. Yeah, this is the time to do it. It's uh, springtime. It's time to get out and go explore. Check up on some of these stories we talk about. Report back to me. I think that'd be pretty cool. But yes, uh, I got some more stories to do. I'm just, um, my uh, computer kind of froze up right now a little bit. And uh, we'll get it back going. I mean, I'm still recording. It's just, I don't know, sometimes my dashboard just goes stupido. But, excuse me, I guess we'll go ahead and go with my story. 
This one is uh, El Cholo the Legend. Many Spanish parents spook children by... Sorry, I turned away. got distracted again. I was catching up on the computer. And I got to write this time down real quick. Oops. My bad. Anyways. El Cholo the Legend. Many Spanish parents spook their children by... Conscious... Continuously telling them about El Chuco. A monster who snatches children away. I refuse to sleep... Its or its origins come from a man named Francisco Ortega El Maruno, who was sick with tuberculosis in the early 1800s. He uh, solicited help from a corandiora uh, who rec- who recommended he drink the blood of children. Ortega subsequently uh, started doing it, and then Barnado in a cloth bag. T- uh, anyways, I f that up. Anyways, this uh, voodoo doctor basically he went to go see was like, dude, if you drink the blood of children, you'll live longer. So he started snatching up children around. Well, he. Uh, Supposedly got caught or sunk, caught, and then of course he uh got executed. But uh, he is he still roams these streets with a black cloth bag, seeking disembodied children, and lures their children, or he lures them away from their parents by using a popular rhyme, uh you know uh, old Spanish songs. He you know. It says it in Spanish, but I don't know what that says. I can't read the first part, but it says something or else the uh, cuckoo will come and eat you. The cuckoo. So, ever see a man with a cloth bag, black cloth bag walking around? Better watch out. It's the legend of El El Coco. Cuckoo. I don't know. Hopefully I said that right. And I'm very sorry if I'm butchering the shit out of these names. I don't mean to. <coughs> All right. This story. This story is about El Sombran El Sombrino. Now that story is from uh, Guatemala, Guata, Guata, Guatemala. El Sombrano, El Sombran, El Sombran, El Sombran may be lovely. Oh, I can't even say that hardly. Maybe is. That braiding hair. Okay, well. El El Sombron may be 
bring her hair since she looks like the braid that mean oh braiding well apparently this ghost is uh this legend is a level good at uh braiding hair since she likes to braid the the manies in the tails of horses or dogs or whenever horses are, are are available just whatever she likes to put uh ponytails in it as well as young women with big eyes and long hair and they may look uh hella cool he wears a oh hell that looks creepy he wears a big hat dresses mostly in black and he is well organized with his ornamental boots and belts but he is actually creepy is it, he is actually a creep and very short this dude's short and with a big ass fucking hat if el sobrano sobrano sobrero el sobrero who also goes by testamate or the goblin looks like a woman who will essentially mark territory by typing a typing a peck of muscles outside her house. Huh. Then he begins serenading her, but it's nothing like John Kuzgumon in saying anything. He will play his silver guitar to get her to come with him once the woman has followed him. He will feed her dirt so they Oh, he He will feed her dirt so that they can't fall asleep. Creepy. Feeds her dirt. According to legend, when a woman is named Susan from La Correctes Locke Colorino was being serenaded by El Sobrero. El Sobrero, her parents grew worried. They tried to keep her away, but he just kept showing up to their house playing his guitar. It wasn't until they cut her hair and it and had it blessed. Then he finally moved on. That's fucking crazy. That's in Guadalajara. So suppose, supposedly a El Sombrero. <laughs> See, I can say it fine there. El Sombrero. Ah, sorry about that. I had to get a drink. The old pops was dry. Man, this is getting late. All right. We got a story from Barcelona. And it is about... Uh, from Barcelona. It is about... Asli, Alice... Alice... Oh, Alicia? Alicia? Okay, Alisa. Alisa. Okay, as far as legend and monsters go, the Alisa does not seem too bad. They are said to be fair-tempered creatures that control the weather and are sometimes called weather fairies. They live in underground caves and they make sure they stay out of people's way. The rare times they do appear, they look like small 
uh, small winged man. Colombia's Maranat legend can also control the weather. She she protects nature, and those who dare mess with it will get punished. That's crazy about how they got all these different legends and stuff everywhere. That's crazy, I tell you. It's just crazy. Hmm. Excuse me. All right. I think I'm going to do one more and call it a night. If you don't mind me saying so. Uh, it's just been a while since I could... Okay, this is our last story. Fifty-two twenty-eight. Can y'all believe? I think our next episode is going to be episode fifty. That's oh shit! Sorry guys. I gotta say that's crazy. I did not expect that. I mean, I expected it because me and Lexi work hard. We work hard to do this, and we love doing it. But I'm going to close out tonight with this story from Mexico. Uh, this is uh, La Leva de Tola Lesanoia. Hmm. I don't know what that means, translation-wise, but it's about a woman, apparently. She is a scorned woman, is a true familiar uh, is is familiar all over the world which probably why there are so many of them in Latin horror culture culture there through th there are variations of oh this is a variation of la la Laura Oregon orange Lala Lauren comes from there are a few things that remain the same a beautiful woman named Maria down drowns her two children once her husband loses interest in her in a version the man leaves her for another woman after killing her children and herself she is unable to get to the afterlife until she finds her kids which is when she starts going uh, after wandering children her yells can be heard in the late evenings see i like hearing these different stories from the different parts of the world like this one like they said it's pretty notorious all over the world i know it's pretty big here in texas <clears throat> and another marie is the most beautiful woman in town she meets a ranchero that she wants to be with, but only marries him after she spends a lot of time and money courting, or after he spends a lot of time and money courting her. They eventually have two children, and he goes back to his ranchero ways, leaving their family for periods of time, only returning to to his children. One day. Maria finds him with a new woman and becomes uh, enraged. Then she kills her children to spite him. By the time she realizes what she did, it's too late. The next day she's uh, found dead by the river. And after that, the ghost, her ghost can be uh, found crying as it roams the uh, rivers looking for her children. Oh. 
They all, this one is saying it, it's from uh, Nick. It goes from uh, Nicaragua and Venezuela. That one covers a lot too. <clears throat> Sorry if I'm losing my voice, guys. I'm not sick. It's just these allergies are kicking my ass, man. But I will say I have not had a migraine knock on some wood. A sinus migraine from this shit in two weeks. Thank God. Whoop, whoop. Can I get a whoop, whoop? Can I get a, get a whoop? Can I get a whoop? All right. That's enough of me being silly. But uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I always look forward to doing this podcast for you guys. Sorry me and Lexi had to do it this way today, but we didn't really have a time to really get the man. Get together at the same time. Once again, sorry about my voice and me screwing the words up today. But, yeah. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh, man. Nope. Didn't mean to say that. Anyways, um, yeah. These fucking sinuses are killing me. But, hey. I'm glad we got together. And I'm glad you uh, boys and girls got to come down and uh, listen to uh, our podcast and our skilly, skilly stories. But, yeah. This is how me and Lex had to do it this time. Maybe next time we won't have to, but I appreciate you guys, you guys listening to us. Uh, our audience is getting bigger and bigger. Our fan base is, and I just think it's freaking sweet, guys. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, mm, Pandora, iHeart, Amazon. Um, we're pretty much on everything now. Everything, so... Anything you can let find, we can. I mean, y'all can find us there. But you guys, if you've been listening to this, you have been listening to Ghost Stories Told From the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth. <laughs> and my co-host was Lexi LeBooth. <laughs> I hope we told you some scary, scary stories, guys. But keep hitting them download buttons. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and find us on Instagram. And send us an email if you want to. It's Ghost Stories Told from the South. I believe it's all lowercase. Uh, gmail.com But thank you for listening. And this has been a Booth Podcasting Production. Thank you.